part seven the doge and doges section six of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part seven the doge and doges section six the seigneury had been for some time dissatisfied with their chief for instead of meeting the just expectations of the state he gave proofs daily that the fiery warlike courage in his frozen and worn-out heart was merely like the artificial fire which bursts with a furious rush out of the rocket apparatus but immediately disappears in black lifeless flakes and has accomplished nothing moreover since his union with his young and beautiful wife it had long before leaked out that he was married to her directly after attaining to the dogate old falieri's jealousy no longer let him appear in the character of heroic captain but rather of old fool hence it was that the seigneury nursing their swelling resentment were more inclined to condone michel steno's fault than to see justice done to their deeply wounded chief the matter was referred by the council of ten to the forty one of the leaders of which michel had formerly been the verdict was that michel steno had already suffered sufficiently and a month's banishment was quite punishment enough for the offence this sentence only served to feed anew and more fully old falieri's bitterness against the seigneury which instead of protecting their own head had the impudence to punish insults that were offered to him as they would offences of merely the most insignificant description as generally happens in the case of lovers once a single ray of the happiness of love has fallen upon them they are surrounded for days and weeks and months by a sort of golden veil and dream dreams of paradise and so antonio could not recover himself from the stupefying rapture of that happy moment he could hardly breathe for delirious sadness he had been well scolded by the old woman for running such a great risk and she never ceased mumbling and grumbling about exposure to unnecessary danger but one day she came hopping and dancing with her staff in the strange way she had when apparently affected by some foreign magical influence without heeding antonio's words and questions she began to chuckle and laugh and kindling a small fire in the stove she put a little pan on it into which she poured several ingredients from many various colored phials and made a salve which she put into a little box then she limped out of the house again chuckling and laughing she did not return until late at night when she sat down in the easy-chair panting and coughing for breath and after she had in a measure recovered from her great exhaustion she at length began tonino my boy tonino whom do you think i have come from see try if you can guess whom do i come from where have i been antonio looked at her and a singular instinctive feeling took possession of him well now chuckled the old woman i have come from her her herself from the pretty dove lovely annunciata don't drive me mad old woman shouted antonio what do you say continued she i am always thinking about you my tonino this morning whilst i was haggling for some fine fruit under the peristyle of the palace i heard the people talking with bated breath of the accident that had befallen the beautiful doges 
i inquired again and again of several people and at last a big uncultivated red-haired fellow who stood leaning against a column yawning and chawing lemons said to me oh well a young scorpion has been trying its little teeth on the little finger of her left hand and there's been a drop or two of blood shed that's all my master signor dr giovanni basseggio is now in the palace and he has no doubt before this cut off her pretty hand and the finger with it just as the fellow was telling me this there arose a great noise on the broad steps and a little man such a tiny little man came rolling down at our feet screaming and lamenting for the guards had kicked him down as if he had been a ninepin the people gathered round him laughing heartily the little man struggled and fought with his legs in the air without being able to get up but the red-haired fellow rushed forward snatched up the little doctor tucked him under his arm and ran off with him as fast as his legs could carry him to the canal where he got into a gondola with him and rowed away the little doctor screaming and yelling with all his might the whole time i knew how it was just as signor basseggio was getting his knife ready to cut off the pretty hand the doge had had him kicked down the steps i also thought of something else quick quick as you can go home make a salve and then come back here to the ducal palace and i stood on the great stairs with my bright little file in my hand old falieri was just coming down he darted a glance at me and his collar rising said what does this old woman want here then i curtsied low quite down to the ground as well as i could and told him that i had a nice remedy which would very soon cure the beautiful doges when the old man heard that he fixed a terrible keen look upon me and stroked his grey beard into order then he seized me by both shoulders and pushed me upstairs and on into the chamber where i nearly fell all my length oh tonino there was the pretty child reclining on a couch as pale as death sighing and moaning with pain and softly lamenting oh i am poisoned in every vein but i at once set to work and took off the simple doctor's silly plaster oh just heaven her dear little hand all red as red and swollen well well my salve cooled it soothed it that does it good yes that does it good softly whispered the sick darling then marino cried quite delighted you shall have a thousand sequins old woman if you save me the doges and therewith he left the room for three hours i sat there holding her little hand in mine stroking and attending to it then the darling woman woke up out of the gentle slumber into which she had fallen and no longer felt any pain after i had made a fresh poultice she looked at me with eyes brimming with gladness then i said o oh, most noble lady you once saved a boy's life when you killed the little snake that was about to attack him as he slept o oh, tonino you should have seen the hot blood rush into her pale face as if a ray of the setting sun had fallen upon it and how her eyes flashed with the fire of joy oh yes old woman she said oh i was quite a child then it was at my father's country villa oh he was a dear pretty boy i often think of him now i don't think i have ever had a single happy experience since that time then i began to talk about you that you were in venice that your heart still beat with the love and rapture of that moment 
that in order to gaze once more in the heavenly eyes of the angel who saved you you had faced the risk of the dangerous aerial voyage that you it was who had given her the nosegay on holy thursday oh tonino tonino she cried in an ecstasy of delight i felt it i felt it when he pressed my hand to his lips when he named my name i could not conceive why it went so strangely to my heart it was indeed pleasure but pain as well bring him here bring him to me the pretty boy as the old woman said this antonio threw himself upon his knees and cried like one insane oh good god pray let no dire fate overtake me now now at least until i have seen her have pressed her to my heart he wanted the old woman to take him to the palace the very next day but she flatly refused since old falieri was in the habit of paying visits to his sick wife nearly every hour that came several days went by the old woman had completely cured the doges but as yet it had been quite impossible to take antonio to see her the old woman soothed his impatience as well as she could always repeating that she was constantly talking to beautiful annunziata about the antonio whose life she had saved and who loved her so passionately tormented by all the pangs of desire and yearning love antonio spent his time in going about in his gondola and restlessly traversing the squares but his footsteps involuntarily turned time after time in the direction of the ducal palace one day he saw pietro standing on the bridge close to the back part of the palace opposite the prisons leaning on a gay-coloured oar whilst a gondola fastened to one of the pillars was rocking on the canal although small it had a comfortable little deck was adorned with tasteful carvings and even decorated with a venetian flag so that it bore some resemblance to the bucentor as soon as pietro saw his former comrade he shouted out to him hi signor antonio the best of good greetings to you your sequins have brought me good luck antonio asked somewhat absently what sort of good luck he meant and learned the important intelligence that nearly every evening pietro had to take the doge and doges in his gondola across to giudecca where the doge had a nice house not far from san giorgio maggiore antonio stared at pietro and then burst out spasmodically comrade you may earn another ten sequins and more if you like let me take your place i will row the doge over but pietro informed him that he could not think of doing so for the doge knew him and would not trust himself with anybody else at length when antonio his mind excited by all the tortures of love began to give way to unbridled anger and violently importune him and to swear in an insane and ridiculous fashion that he would leap after the gondola and drag it down under the sea pietro replied laughing why signor antonio signor antonio why i declare you have quite lost yourself in the doges's beautiful eyes but he consented to allow antonio to go with him as his assistant in rowing he would excuse it to old falieri on the ground of the weight of the boat as well as being himself a little weak and unwell and old falieri did always think the gondola went too slowly on this trip off antonio ran and he only just returned to the bridge in time dressed in coarse oarsman's clothing his face stained and with a long moustache stuck above his lips for the doge came down from the palace with the doges 
both attired most splendidly and magnificently who's that stranger fellow there began the doge angrily to pietro and it required all pietro's most solemn asseverations that he really required an assistant before the old man could be induced to allow antonio to help row the gondola it often happens that in the midst of the wildest delirium of delight and rapture the soul strengthened as it were by the power of the moment is able to impose fetters upon itself and to control the flames of passion which threaten to blaze out from the heart in a similar way antonio albeit he was close beside the lovely annunziata and the steam of her dress touched him was able to hide his consuming passion by maintaining a firm and powerful hold upon his oar and whilst avoiding any greater risk by only glancing at her momentarily now and then old falieri was all smirks and smiles he kissed and fondled beautiful annunziata's little white hands and threw his arm around her slender waist in the middle of the channel when st mark's square and magnificent venice with all her proud towers and palaces lay extended before them old falieri raised his head and said gazing proudly about him now my darling is it not a grand thing to ride on the sea with the lord the husband of the sea yes my darling don't be jealous of my bride who is submissively bearing us on her broad bosom listen to the gentle splashing of the wavelets are they not words of love which she is whispering to the husband who rules her yes yes my darling you indeed wear my ring on your finger but she below guards in the depths of her bosom the ring of betrothal which i threw to her oh my princely sir began annunziata oh how can this cold treacherous water be your bride it quite makes me shiver to think that you are married to this proud imperious element old falieri laughed till his chin and beard tottered and shook don't distress yourself my pet he said it's far better of course to rest in your soft warm arms than in the ice-cold lap of my bride below there but it's a grand thing to ride on the sea with the lord of the sea just as the doge was saying these words the faint strains of music at a distance came floating towards them the notes of a soft male voice gliding along the waves of the sea came nearer and nearer the words that were sung were ah senza amare andare sui mare col sposo del mare non puo consolare other voices took up the strain and the same words were repeated again and again in ever-varying alternation until the song died away like the soft breath of the wind as it were old falieri appeared not to pay the slightest heed to the song on the contrary he was relating to the doges with much prolixity the meaning and history of the solemnity which takes place on ascension day when the doge throws his ring from the bucentaur and is married to the sea he spoke of the victories of the republic and how she had formerly conquered istria and dalmatia under the rule of peter ursiolus the second and how this ceremony had its origin in that conquest but if old falieri heeded not the song so now his tales were lost upon the doges she sat with her mind completely wrapped up in the sweet sounds which came floating along the sea 
when the song came to an end her eyes wore a strange far-off look as if she were awakening from a profound dream and striving to see and interpret the images which sportively mocked her efforts to hold them back senza amare senza amare non puo consolare she whispered softly whilst the tears glistened like bright pearls in her heavenly eyes and sighs escaped her breast as it heaved and sank with the violence of her emotions still smirking and smiling and talking away the old man with the doges at his side stepped out upon the balcony of his house near san giorgio maggiore without noticing that annunziata stood at his side like one in a dream speechless her tearful eyes fixed upon some far-off land whilst her heart was agitated by feelings of a singular and mysterious character a young man in gondolier's costume blew a blast on a conch-shaped horn till the sounds echoed far away over the sea at this signal another gondola drew near meanwhile an attendant bearing a sunshade and a maid had approached the doge and doges and thus attended they went towards the palace the second gondola came to shore and from it stepped forth marino bodoeri and several other persons amongst whom were merchants artists nay people out of the lowest classes of the populace even and they followed the doge end of part seven the doge and doges section six recording by expatriate in bangor maine